The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. A couple months ago, we, uh, my wife and I had the privilege of going out to dinner with our missionaries to Hungary, Mark and Karen Patton. Uh, they were actually scheduled to be here uh, to preach, but we um, we didn't know where we'd be, <laughs> indoor or outdoor. Uh, we, we weren't sure, and we ended up canceling that, but we, we got to go out to eat with them. They're actually starting a church as they've returned. They were here to drop off their daughter, and as they've returned to Hungary, they're starting a new church. Uh, I think it's their third or fourth church that they're starting there in Budapest. Uh, so you want to remember to pray for Mark and Karen. But Mark, actually, and this makes me feel so incredibly old. If you've seen Mark... Uh, I hope he never listens to this because uh, Mark looks old. Uh, he's dropping off his last kid at college, and he, and he looks kind of old. But here's the, here's the part that's depressing. When I started teaching, he was a sophomore in high school. Uh, he was my student. Uh, and now I look at him and think, man, you look like your dad. That I remember like that. It's really just depressing to realize that. But uh, Mark was remembering the young, he was kind of half making fun of me, half having a good time. He was remembering the young me as a preacher. And uh, he was, I used to, in the Christian school, I was in charge of the chapel program. And uh, so I'd preach a lot in chapel. And he was remembering, he said, you remember that time you preached from your office? My office was just like beside here. And I forget why, but I was like mad. And I had something I wanted to say. And I thought, ah, and I went in there and I sat down in my office and just screamed the whole sermon from my office. Uh, and he remembered that. That stuck in his mind. Of course, he has no idea what I preached, but, um, and that's typical, but, uh, but he was, you know, he was, he was remembering that. I say that back, back, uh, sadly, in the early days of preaching, that's a lot of what I used to do. I used to try to think of, hey, you know what? I got something I need to talk to you about. I'm going to find some Bible verses and yell it, yell out, especially with teenagers, you know, <laughs> they need to hear this. So I'd go and try to find a verse that I thought could fit, and I'd yell at them for a half hour, and I thought that was preaching. Now, Thankfully, God in his grace has kind of brought me along, taught me some things differently over time, and I really don't want to do See, the Bible is a sword, but it is a sword for our spiritual warfare. It is not a sword to bang people over the head with, find a verse and smack them uh, like that. So, uh, so uh, I think the Lord has taught me some things over time, and I wanted to mention that because of this. I'm going to preach today what is, I would call it kind of a political message. But I want you to know, this is in no way like, boy, I saw this, and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to address it. This is because, bear witness to me, we've been going through the book of Acts. Remember that? Okay. We started back in March. Uh, we took a few steps to the side when we got to some of the epistles Paul wrote in the middle, but we've been working our way through the book of Acts. About three weeks ago, before we went to Corinthians, we did Acts chapter 22, so we are at Acts chapter 23. I want you to know that that's why I'm preaching this today. Because I really don't, like I said, I, I, I want to be sensitive to God's teaching. And I, I don't, and you could disagree with me on this, but I, I don't think that you have to take the Bible and make it practical. I mean, I think you want to present it in a way that people, you know, hear it and understand and you want to learn it. But I think the Bible's practical on its own. In other words, I, I don't think I have, to, I have to go find, you know, and tell you how you have to live this and, and everything thing like that. So this is very much, I opened up the Bible on uh, Tuesday morning this week and uh, got reading it. And I thought, whoa, 
<laughs> I think I might even offend some people this week. But I still think this is exactly the message that God has for us. So as the week's gone on, I've grown confident in that. And uh, that's where we're going in Acts chapter 23. So we're going to read, I think, about the first 15 verses together and kind of work our way through. You ready? Are you ready? Okay. No, I was talking to the remote. <laughs> but, but thank you for answering. Okay. Uh, and looking intently at the council, okay? Get, get, the, get the vibe here. Paul is looking intently at the council. You got him? Focus here, buddy. Uh, Paul said, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. Uh, this isn't the sermon of the day, but if that's a great verse just to meditate on a little bit and think about what Paul said here. I've lived my life in good conscience Okay, doesn't mean he lived a sinless life, but it means he has in good conscience. You know, uh, the sin is confessed, it dealt with. I've, I've, I'm living my life in good conscience before God. Great little meditation verse for you this week, just to think about, hey, could I, could I share that statement? And the high priest named Ananias commanded uh, those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Now, let's just meet Ananias here for a second. Not a good guy. Okay, was the high priest history uh, of the time? Josephus writes and says this was a corrupt individual. This was not a good man. Uh, he's the high priest at the time. So Paul says, hey, basically uh, I stand before you in good conscience. And he says, slap him in the mouth. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see how Paul responds to the old slap in the mouth. And Paul said to him, listen to this statement. God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Okay, now that is not a common insult that I hear on the buses when I drive for Edwardsburg. You know, whitewash wool, but hopefully uh, you get the idea. Whitewash is you put the, the white paint over it and try to cover up the rot. Uh, we have, this is probably too much information, we have in our bathroom at home uh, this stand that goes up over the toilet. Uh, too much information. My wife's like, no, no, don't go there. Too late. I'm already there. Uh, but it's a, it's a metal stand, and I just said to her the other day, I said, we really got to get a new one because for years, literally, I've been every few months or whenever we have company coming, I take it outside, sand a little bit, and spray some paint on the top of it. But it's been rotting from the inside out for years. Oh, we really need to buy a new, buy a new one because you just cover it up with the paint. But it's rotting on the inside. That's exactly what Paul said here. Okay, you got this nice front on. You're, white, <laughs> you're whitewashed in the, on the front, but you're as corrupt inside as you can get. Okay, this is a pretty strong statement. Somebody, God's going to slap you, and uh, that's what he says. Uh, are you sitting to judge me according to the law, and yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, listen to their question, would you revile God's high priest? Okay, watch what happens. Verse number five. Dramatic pause. And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of the rulers of the people. He's quoting from the book of Exodus there. He said, I didn't know. You get the vibe there. He said, now, what he said about Ananias was spot on. That guy was a whited wall. That guy probably needed somebody to give him a slap upside the head. I mean, that's the truth. But what Paul says here is, I didn't know. And the Bible says I should not speak against God's anointing. I'm sorry, against those whose God has, has placed. I shouldn't have used that, that word there. But those whose God has placed in authority. All right? Now, here's where I thought I'm going to get on dangerous ground. You ready? My, uh, my uh, 
grandson was with us last week, and uh, he's still a little wobbly and walking, and, and he has to ne negotiate life with a cast on his body. So when he falls, he falls hard. <laughs> the weight just takes him right down. He was in our backyard last week, and there's an area that I had dug up, and there was called clumps. And uh, we were, kept watching him, you know, uh, work his way across there. And I thought, this is, this is a little scary. That's how I feel a little bit, okay? Like, I'm, I'm going to negotiate my way across the clumps here. I really do think that as, as we approach this first point, I have the potential of ticking everybody off at some point. Okay, you ready? But the first point that I want you to consider is that we are to respect the position. Let me say this again. Ananias is not a good man. But... The scripture that he quoted in, Exod in um, uh, Exodus made it clear that they were to respect the position God has placed it. Romans chapter 13, verse number 1, says that the powers that be are appointed by whom? God. That's why we're to submit to them. Because God places those people in power. Okay? You say, well, pastor, you know, how could that idea be offensive? Because, to be very honest with you, now, we're going to talk a little bit about a time when you might have to disobey authority. We're going to talk about that in just a second here. But to be very honest with you, I don't see much wiggle room here. I am to respect authority that God has placed in my life. So therefore, don't amen this, okay, because this gets one side. So therefore, the statement that says, that is not my president, I don't have to listen to him, it doesn't fly. Also, I'm an equal opportunity offender, if nothing else. Uh, that's not my governor, I don't have to listen to her. Okay, uh, that is not, you, you follow me? I mean, I, we could go on down the list. As far as the disrespect uh, towards stuff like that, we don't have to agree. We can disagree, but the disrespect, I can't find where it's okay in Scripture. Okay, if you want to argue with me, I'm going to hide afterwards. But, uh, but, but seriously, as you look at that, I really think that I, don't, I can't find where it's like, okay, well, that's no problem, we can trash uh, one pastor I listened to this week, he told his people, he said, you guys need a Facebook timeout. That's what you need. Uh, you're putting tacky, tasteless, rude things on there, and you need to knock it off. And I would say this. If I am in, the, I just couldn't even pray for the president, or I couldn't even pray for the governor, or whatever, or whoever that per person is, I would say I'm not in submission to King Jesus, very simply, okay? Because this is something that we are to do. Now, I mentioned, are there times when you go against the government? And, and many of you may know this. We actually looked at this back earlier in the book of Acts where Paul said, I have to obey rather than man. So there is such a thing as civil disobedience. I will caution you, first of all, you want to be very careful to make sure that you are on good ground with civil disobedience. I would also caution you to take a look at the book of Daniel. Uh, the narrative, the story that's in the first six chapters of the book of Daniel gives us a great outline for how to handle that. Remember Daniel, he was told he had to eat some stuff that, they, that he didn't think was right to eat. It violated his dietary laws. Remember he was told about not praying. Remember the three Hebrews that were in the fire? Somebody ought to write a song that says there's another in the fire with them because that's how that story ends. That's a pretty good story. Uh, but the, uh, but the, the, the way that Daniel and his friends handled the conflict with authority is incredible. Just when you watch their spirit, their humility, their ability to maintain respect at the same time of doing what was right. Okay? This is very important, okay, because our behavior a lot of times is anything but respectful. And I think, I think you, you know, Pastor, you mad at somebody? I, honestly, I'm telling the truth. If anybody's rebuked by this, I am. 
So I'm, I'm not like, oh, I saw this post. I'm going after so-and-so. I don't play that game, okay? I really don't. So, uh, so this is just very much like I believe the Word of God teaches us that we are to respect the position. Okay, let's continue through the story. Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees, this is the council, the religious council, and the other part were Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Brothers, I'm a Pharisee, a son of the Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not. We used to teach kids in Sunday school how to remember what the Sadducees believed. There were two groups in the council, two primary groups, I should say, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees were known for the fact that they did not believe in resurrection of the dead. We used to always tell the kids they are Sadducee because they don't uh, believe in resurrection from the dead, okay? So this is a point that's going to bring a little conflict here. Now, when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. They had been united, uh, wanting to kill Paul. Now they're disagreeing there, and they say... Uh, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. So they have a division here. And then, okay, so this group that had been united now is fighting each other. Okay, now I realize we're not talking about necessarily, you know, the greatest Christian groups or anything like that, but we are talking about those who studied the scriptures. Okay, and they have a big division. Should we be dis uh, amazed, should we be surprised that there is division? We have a hard time agreeing. Think about it. If you have several kids, ask them where you want to go eat today. Okay? Where do you want to go for lunch today? Uh, there's a fight right there. Uh, think about this question. If somebody were to ask you, okay, what do, let's say, what do Baptists believe? You know, the logical follow-up question is, which Baptists? Right? What do the Mennonites believe? Which group of Mennonites? What do the Catholics believe? Which group of Catholics? Okay. Doesn't it then seem logical that as we negotiate 2020, we're going to have a hard time, even among God's people, even among those who are trying to follow him, knowing for sure what is the best way to help people concerning health concerns? What is the best way uh, to help in equality? And things like that. What is the best way to help people? Doesn't it make sense we're going to have division? So I want to suggest to you that uh, you anticipate some of this polarity. And, and I, I confess on this point especially, I struggle with this. Because I think to myself, if I have prayed and sought the Lord and sought his word, and I've come to this conclusion, then why did you come to a different conclusion doing the same thing? I really do. I struggle with that. And the only answer I guess I have for that is our own fallen nature and, and uh, that we're not going to get it perfectly. I don't really know what to say because I, I, can, I can just, I can get very frustrated by that. Do you, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's like, okay, I know that, you know, this person over here loves Jesus and is trying to follow him. Why, why are we not on the same page? Why do we disagree? It, it, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. So I want to anticipate this. There's a few thoughts here. If we can express then our opinions in a way that expresses your love for Jesus and others. Okay, that's, that's a powerful statement. Express your opinion in a way that expresses your love for Jesus and others. Sometimes our views are so shallow that we're afraid uh, that somebody else might be wrong and then we get forceful with them. But, um, and the other thing I, I guess I want you to remember is if you find yourself arguing with somebody who is not all that bright, 
What does that make you? I, I'm just saying. I, I, I think we need to be very careful and just expect this. I, I wish I didn't say that. You, you know what I mean? I, I, mean, I wish it was like, okay, we're all on the same page. Uh, we're all you know, going to decide what is the best way to attack COVID-19. We're all going to decide what is the best way to um, uh, vote. What is the best way to handle, um, you know, the uh, this, this uh, order, what's the word I want, in, in the world? Uh, we all, we're all going to agree on that, but we don't. And we're going to have to understand that and negotiate through because watch what can happen here as we go on here. If we do not, watch as the story continues here. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes and the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply. That's a scriptural knowledge for, I'm sorry, scriptural language for, they're fighting. We find nothing wrong with this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became, what's that next word? Violent. You see, so often, strong words end up in acting physically. And I, I just want to mention this because, I, to be honest with you, this concerns me. Even as I look at our country, you know, people talk about the idea of a civil war. Let's do a quick history lesson, if you would. Of the, all the wars in the United States history, if you line them up by number of deaths, guess what's on top? Um, combat deaths, World War II edges it out by just a little bit. But if you take all the deaths, because there were so many other deaths with the Civil War and the disease and everything that, that spread, uh, the Civil War blows even World War II away. And those two are way above every other war as far as deaths go. And if uh, you take even just combat deaths and you take percentage of the population, the Civil War is three times greater than its closest one, which is World War II. Okay? In other words, the Civil War is ugly. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, that's where they win here. Uh, is right away, it is turning violent. And the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, that is not figurative speech, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by forcing and, and bring him into the barracks. This next verse we're going to come back to later. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, you're also going to do that in Rome. We're going to come back to that one for our last point. But uh, when it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. If you read on in the rest of the story, I'm going to guess these guys got really, really hungry because Paul still got a long way to go. Uh, so this is really not the smartest little oath. And there was more than 40 that, may, that were in this conspiracy. And they went to the chief priests and the elders and said, we have strictly bound ourselves by an oath not to taste food till we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down, down to you. And, though, and uh, though you were going to determine his case more exactly, we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Okay, now I want you to see, again, this is escalating. Okay, first we say expect some division. Uh, that's just, I, I, I wish I didn't have to say that, but it's kind of the nature of the beast that we are, if you want to say it like that. But the next point I want you to realize the importance of is that we harness the passion. If we allow our anger to control us. I was thinking about this this week, and I got on Facebook. One of our ladies, Janelle Leonard, had posted this little picture here. Oh, where'd it go? Got excited, <laughs> posted this little picture. I don't even know why she posted it, but I thought, hey, that fits. Choices made in anger cannot be undone. Uh, a little doggy there is about to lose it all. Uh, but as, as we think about you know, just the, the whole idea of how goofy we can be sometimes when we're controlled by anger, 
how, what foolish mistakes we can make. I learned about something this week. I, I read this, and I, I had no idea what it was. Let's see, TDS. Do you know what that is? Anybody, anybody know? TDS. Okay. I read it, and I thought, they have TDS? That's terrible. I don't know what it is, but it sounds bad. Uh, here's, here's what it is. I looked it up in the urban slang or whatever like that. It's Trump derangement syndrome. Okay? It is people that get so mad at Trump that they can't think straight. That's what it means. And there is such a thing as TDS uh, prevalent. There's also a WTS, Whitmer, uh, derangement syndrome, and a conservative derangement syndrome, and a liberal syndrome, and a Democrat, and a Republican, and people that get so angry, they're not really thinking straight. Okay? Look at what these guys did. We're going to make an oath. We're not going to eat until he's dead. Bad move. Okay, bad move for all 40 of them. They either starved to death or they broke their oath because that was really a kind of stupid thing to do. But they were so worked up. They were so angry. We're going to put you, you know, we are going to stop this. You know, we're, we're going to stop him. We're going to kill him. And uh, when we allow our lives to be governed by our emotions and not by the word of God, we're, we're in dangerous territory there. Okay, our, our anger gets out of control. So we, we, we want to harness it. We want to rein it in, if you will. Now, let me go back to that one verse, which I think is, a, is our key verse here that we really want to remember, verse number 11. Remember what God says to Paul in the middle of this. He says, take courage, for you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem. You must testify also in Rome. He said, yeah, they're planning on killing you. It's not going to happen. I got a plan. I have a plan for you that goes beyond this. Okay, so do not worry. I've got this. Now, you will notice here that God does not say, Things are going to get easy real soon. They're going to come, bring you flowers and candy. Uh, it doesn't say that. The journey is still very tough ahead of Paul. But God says, I got you in this. Okay, you're going through the fire. I got you. Okay, I'm with you in, in this thing. So the most important point that I hope you take away from today is this idea that we need to trust the plan or trust God's plan. Sometimes we get, again, very emotional. I, I couldn't take, I, I heard these statements, and I, please, I'm not mocking, uh, this, this is just reality, it's where I, I couldn't take four more years of this president. I couldn't take it if he gets elected. I, I, just, I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't make it through it. What if, what if Rona rears its head big time again in the fall? What, what, if, what, if, what if we're shutting things down again, all this going on? What if there is a civil war? What if, the America that many of us, especially us old, old toots, have, have uh, loved and uh, it, it's, it's not going to be the same ever again. What, what if that? Can, can, we, can we make it? Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying lay down, don't fight, you know, don't, don't be passionate about anything or, or try to make any difference. But I am saying this. Our trust in him is crucial. And and throughout history, God uses good leaders and God uses crazy leaders to accomplish his plan. Okay, please remember that. My daughter got in recently to Hamilton, uh, watching the, the, you know what I'm talking about, the Hamilton, the, the musical. And uh, I, uh, well, Francis and I went and saw it a couple years ago for her birthday, and we're still making payments. <laughs> we'll be done in three years. Uh, but, to the, um, but we saw this. There's a scene in there where the king uh, is, you know, King George is, is nuts. And he spits, he slobbers, he's frothing, and he sings about going crazy. Well, it's very historically accurate. The guy was nuts. I mean, you can study the history, and the guy, the guy went mad. He went crazy. And how often, think about studying history, these names that you think of, of these great leaders, they've gone nuts. 
okay, where they started off nuts. I think whoever, you know, George Washington, when he first started as our president, he said, we don't need another King George, and he only took two terms. And then later on, they passed an amendment that said you can only have two terms. I think that's uh, probably saved us a lot of cases because power, really, people just go crazy uh, when they get that. And you can, you know, go through it, and never is it more evident than in the Roman Empire. Okay, when people get in position of power so often, they're just nuts and they're crazy. What, what I'm saying is this, God still has this. Okay, God still uses those people to accomplish his plans. God looked at Paul. He didn't say, hey, it's going to get easy street from here on out. We're going to set you up in a nice ministry in Rome, but I'm still going to use you in Rome. Where is he going to use them in Rome? Prison. Okay, that's where he's going to use them. But God says, I still got a plan. Uh, you do not need to lose hope. I still got a plan. Here's what God says. My church is going to keep going. The message of the gospel is going to keep going. The truth is going to keep going. And my kingdom is coming. I love singing about that today. Well, in a couple of those phrases, just to sing about, hey, th th that day is coming. I wish so much. I need to write down the words when I'm over there singing because I think, oh, that's good. That fits my sermon. Uh, but we're, we're actually going to sing that last one again. But I love just to think about that idea that God's got this and, and uh, his plan is not thwarted. Okay? His plan is good. There are so many things as we look at this world, we say things aren't like they're supposed to be. Um, a couple weeks ago on Saturday, I walked away from this building, a funeral, and Last Friday, I walked away from another funeral, and, and uh, Friday, I walked out of the hospital, and uh, I thought, after talking to these folks, I thought, this isn't how this is supposed to be. It's, 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 it's not. You know, the things, things are a mess here. And then, then I turn on the news, <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes you get that whole idea again, what, man, these things are not the way they're supposed to be. They're not going, if you want to say, according to plan. Remember, please. What God said to Paul. Not done with this here. I haven't lost control. Accomplishing my plan. My kingdom is still coming. And does that ever make me. And hopefully you too. Long for eternity. Strengthened by hope in eternity. And in his eternal kingdom. Strengthened by who he is. I cling to that promise. My one question I want to ask you today is. Do you share that promise? Have you trusted Jesus Christ with your eternity, knowing that he is, the, he, the Bible says this, the Bible says he that has the son has life, that's eternal life, but he that does not have the son does not have life, shall not see life, the wrath of God abides on him. Do you have the son? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your savior? When we sing there, by the way, let me go back to our song here for a second that we're going to sing again, another in the fire. Some of you may know this story, but uh, when these three uh, men who stand up for God uh, are thrown into a fire because of it. It says they look in there and they say a fourth. Like unto the Son of God. Some of you know that, that Jesus is with them in the fire. Okay. As we go through this, whatever, honestly, as we go through 2020, whatever, come our way. You have another one with you? Okay. I, I, I don't you know, I, I, again, I, I look at some of these situations and, and uh, realize things are so fouled up. And sometimes I'm like, I don't understand how people make it without him. I really don't. I am so thankful that I can sing, he never lets go. 
<laughs> I'm so thankful for that. I am so thankful that I could sing. There's another in the fire with me. I love that. I just get so excited about that. I just pray that you can sing that same thing, that that's where you're going, that you're walking with him, that you're spending time with him, and most importantly, that you know him because you, you've trusted him. We are going to, Adam and, and uh, David are going to come back up, and we're going to sing that again. Does that sound like fun? I love that song. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive my wife crazy the rest of the day. There's another in the fire. She'll be closing the doors uh, and locking me out. Stop, sing, stop singing. But I just love uh, that, that we can worship him in, in that way. And I want to mention this. As I, I want to say this all, all the time. Um, I try to hang around afterwards. If I haven't met you, if there's a question that you have, I'll be glad to talk to you about it today, if at all possible, or we'll set up an appointment. I'll be glad to, uh, especially if this area of, I don't know what you're, exactly what you're talking about as far as knowing Jesus and walking with him. I would love to share more about that because <laughs> I wouldn't want to be walking through this without him. And I don't want a single person to leave here walking through things without him. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.